Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, where we always appreciate when the people in the room remember where they work. Now, it's time for the great Cowboys fan survey results. You guys took this survey on Thursday or Friday. Now, courtesy of John Mashoda at The Athletic, we have the results. Let's see if I saw John Mashoda at the Dallas Card Show. Did you? Yeah. I did not see him there. Yeah. Awesome. Did he know who you were? Yeah. Nice. Did he say he wanted to trade Michael Parsons? I didn't talk about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Was keeping Mike McCarthy the right decision? Do you remember your answer? Your options were yes, no, or undecided. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, sure. Ten <laughs> percent said undecided. Look, if you're undecided on the very first question, I think maybe this survey is not for you. Twenty-five percent said yes. Sixty-five percent said no. All right. So, in y'all's face. So that 65% said no, they're mad, right? Correct. They had me. Prob- I wonder what they were thinking when McCarthy was hired, uh, initially anyway. And did that did anything ever change their mind? I would say probably about 35% of that 65%. 70 65% of that 65%. Oh my god. Probably didn't like him in the first place and okay. never wanted him here. All right. Mm. Is that like forty percent? Yeah, and so and and so they like, but they're also mad now, and they just want some change, any change. It doesn't matter what the change is. I I think you're right about that. That's well, not necessary. But there are there <laughs> oh! are there were some there were probably the best options at coaching that you've ever had out there. Who would you have wanted as the replacement? It was it was kind of I think I voted Harbaugh. Okay. Harbaugh leads the way with 20. I voted to keep Mike McCarthy. That's so. true. So we don't need to go to you right there. 26% said Harbaugh. 21% said Vrabel. 21% said Belichick. Huh. And then a whole bunch of other votes got like 4 to 5%. Chip I Kelly? Not Chip Kelly. Ben Johnson got 4.5%. I voted for him. Was Bobby Slowick on that list? Yes, he got 5.3%. I think that that's my like that's the guy I like a lot. I just don't know if he has head coaching in him. I know he has the ability to drop a really good offensive game plan, but Harbaugh probably would have been my option. I think these next two questions will show you where the disconnect is. How many games will the Cowboys win next year? Less than eight, eight to nine, 10 to 12, 13 or more. I'll still say what I said when I did this thing. Now that I remember I did this 10 to 12. Let me stop it right there. 77.5% 77.5% said 10 to 12. Right. So the vast, vast majority of people are like, this is still going to be a good team next year. They are going to be a good team next year. Just 
there's one thing that everybody holds against them all through the regular season because I said 10 to 12 also. Well, then let's go to that. How far will the Cowboys go in the playoffs next year? <laughs> Bounced in the wild card. Really? Uh, no, you're right. 100%. Like, it's over. They get to play a playoff game unless they get to play an 8-9 team, but you can't even be the one seed and play an 8-9 team. Most likely they're going to lose in the first round. So sure. your chance of playing an 8-9 team is being a two seed or I guess the five seed playing the worst division winner. So that's the one chance the Cowboys have at winning a playoff game. And that's where the disconnect ends up being because 77.5% say they're going to win 10 to 12 games, but... 41% said losing the wild card, 34 said losing the divisional round, and 10% said they won't make the playoffs at all. So of that 77% that said 10 to 12 wins, it appears as though the vast majority of them are like, oh, yeah, they'll be good, and then they'll lose in the wild card or divisional round again, which it's really hard to argue at this point in time. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at their schedule next year, and it's obviously not in order yet, but Dak, if you have 11 easy games on your schedule, it's like, that's a win. He'll win 10 of 11 of those games. That's what he does. That's how he makes – he's going to make close to half a billion dollars or more playing right. quarterback by doing that. And congratulations to him and his family and his future family. Like, what he's doing is not easy to do. A lot of quarterbacks don't take advantage of the bad games, and he takes advantage of those bad games, unfortunately – that's where I think the connection is there for yeah. Cowboy fans is they know he takes advantage of the Carolina Panthers and the Washingtons and the New Yorks, and then you have to play a good team in the playoffs. He doesn't beat those teams in the regular season, and then he gets even worse in the in the playoffs. Now, <laughs> this might be the most astonishing answer to me. Where does your current Cowboys fandom rank? A, I'm done with the team. B, we'll take a while to start caring again. C, I'm a diehard no matter what happens. Or D, I've never believed more in the team's direction. Yes. I voted for, I, I'm dying to see what happens next. <laughs> yes, not on the board. 1% voted for, I have never believed more in the team's direction. That's a whole Mike, percent? That's Mike, Mike McCarthy and his wife. Is it not like greater than or equal to 1% no, or it, less than or equal to? No, it's, it's one, one it is percent. actually one full right percent. Right now, Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb wouldn't even vote for that one. Now, 9% said I'm done with the team, while 45%, it was exactly even, 45.1% for both. I'm a diehard no matter what happens. We'll take a while to start caring again. I, look, I realize this is a survey and like you don't have to be held to these results, but I would imagine that should be pretty alarming for the Jones family to see 55% of the respondents said, or 54% said, it will take us a while to start caring again or I'm done with the team. But that's the preliminary poll, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> as we all know, the real polls that matter are the voting polls. And right. so when it comes down to it, if that 55% exists, but the 100% or 95% of the sales continue to stay where they are, and I mean sales and everything, yeah, they okay. then, they're, then they're like, ah, that's the preliminary poll. What grade would you give Mike McCarthy for his four seasons as the Cowboys coach? Hey, I think this is as good as you can do in, in this situation. I think I said something along the lines like B+. plus. 46% said B, 41% said C, and obviously that was the chunk of it right there. You got 2% A, 7% D, 
and 3% F. That the F vote, that feels pretty tough. But then again, I wouldn't give him an A either. <laughs> so the You're vast, in the B range? The vast majority B and C. Are you a C? I'm a C plus. But there was but there wasn't that was that an option. option so, so yes, C. C. What grade would you give Jerry Jones for his last four seasons as GMing? Can I ask you this question yeah. off of your grade? Do you truly believe that Dak Prescott can win if he has better coaching? No. No. Not now. Because I, I do think that McCarthy is a quality coach and, and knows how to – he's won a championship. And I'm, I don't think he's the best. I think you can do better. But I'm to the point, and I was just wondering, I think most Cowboy fans are with you, uh, Kevin and Corey, is like, what coach is going to get more out of Dak Prescott at this point? That That's hard to say. It really, really is. Jerry, the GM, Braid. <laughs> I gave him an F on that day. Oh, that uh, feels harsh. That's more of a career than it is for just this last year or the last, let's say, three years. I'll Some give him just a little bit. Well, I'll give okay, him a, Jerry. I'll give him a D. I will. Man, it was D part of it. Yes. Okay. That is part of the regular grading scale. It would have been a B for me at the beginning of the season, but it's a C for me right now because okay. they did nothing to address the most important parts of their team whenever you had injuries. They just said, let's put safeties there instead. So they did the Brandon Cooks move, and I know Jerry. Yeah. yeah, those two moves were amazing. Those are great. Uh, it would have been better if Cooks like maybe produced more. I don't know. But yeah, the threat existed, and you went and made that that addition to your team. But then whenever you needed better linebackers, you were like, ah, man, we got fast guys. It was weird because they came on our air and been like, no, we already made those moves. And I'm like, right, but you can make more moves. It is allowed. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's where it stops. Once our, once our offseason's over. Only 4% gave Jerry an A, 26% a B. He has one, a big family. That's true. 29% a C, 20% a D, and 21% gave him an F. Are you are you fine with giving Dak Prescott a new contract that makes him one of the highest played players and the paid players in the game? I believe we all said no. Yeah, I'm going to say no because to be the high, in my opinion, if you're going to be the highest paid player, you have done the things and are going to be doing the things that prove it. 20, you're got, you already got a big contract and you did nothing. 26% said yes. 57% said no, and 17% said, I don't know. I just wonder this. It goes to Tua T over on the other side. Tua T, it's a little bit different because he's been hurt his first four years, but they have this decision to make, and they've sounded like they're going to, look, we know enough that we know Tua's good. We know that he's not good enough, but we believe he can improve to get good enough to compete against all right. of these AFC right. quarterbacks. So they're going to give him a huge four-year contract, and I would say if you're – a Miami Dolphins fan, which I have no clue who's listening who's a Miami Dolphins fan, but let's just say you are. And in the next Worry. four years, he gets hurt one year. He goes 12-5 and five for three out of the four years, and he goes 1-3 and three in the playoff games. And the only team he beats is an 8-9 and nine team that shouldn't be in the playoffs. I don't think Miami would say, man, if he accomplishes all of those things, he makes the playoffs three out of four years, wins one playoff game, and you get to the divisional round one time, that you'd say, yeah, do it again, but this time make him the highest paid quarterback. And if you're looking like, for ch if you're looking for change from the personnel, that's <clears throat> not what folks are looking for. Seventy percent said they would like to give Micah a contract, making him the highest paid defensive player in the game. Only eighteen percent said no, with the rest undecided. 
C.D. Lamb, new contract that makes him the highest paid wide receiver. 73% said yes, 18 no, and only 9% undecided. Which one gives you the most confidence going forward? Jerry? Rangers. McCarthy, Dak, or none of the above? Which could be the Rangers? Yeah, I would vote none of the above. We've seen Jerry do this for three decades. It ain't happening. We've seen now Dak do it for almost a decade. It ain't happening. And McCarthy's good, not great. He's not good enough to uplift uh, this team. <sighs> well, so I vote Chris Young. Jerry's the consistency. Well, he only got 3%. He'll Mike McCarthy, consistent. 8%. Dak Prescott, 21%. None of the above, 67.5%. Last question on here. How much do you think that will change by July? As in the hope as a Cowboy. right? When you, I think it'll get better for And sure. I do too. I think when you answer that question and you say none of the above, what's the point in watching next year? Yeah. I, look. But I think that will change for the 67% who voted that. I would say most of those people that will change when the season is getting near. How many years before the Cowboys win a Super Bowl? Next season, two to three years, four to five, six to ten, or more than ten years? We all answered more, more than, than ten. More than ten. 4% said next season, 19%. So that's the Jones family, right? Because 4%, 4 voted on the Jones that's, being good. You know what? You so might be right about that. So his grandchildren and everybody got on this poll, and that we know that's 4% of the fan base. 4% said next season, 19% said the next two to three years, 19.5% said the next four to five years. So that's a pretty decent amount of folks right there. But then tw- I'm dying to know what'll happen next. 26 and a half. I did not log your vote for that. 26 and a half percent said it will be six to ten years, but the number one vote getter, 31%. So nearly a third of the fan base for the Cowboys said it'll be more than 10 years. I don't believe in Dak. Obviously, I don't believe in other things in the Cowboys organization, but he's gonna be the Cowboys quarterback for probably the next six to eight years. So if if you don't believe in Dak, then I don't know how you could vote anything but six to ten years or ten plus years for the knc masterpiece right here on 105.3 the fan coming up next adrian beltre is getting elected to the baseball hall of fame tomorrow but who will and should join his class let's talk about it next right call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here in the fan. 3-0. and Here's the pitch. Swinging a hard hit ball inside third base hit. Down the left field line. Mazzara gets to third. Adrian going to second. He's got a double for 3,000. I was in the building. I was sitting next to Hixie when he said that. Can't see masterpiece. What, what was that again? You want to play number three thousand? Oh yeah, I saw that on TV. Against Baltimore, in That's, your face, Manny my kid's Machado. librarian was sitting there. Oh, yeah, what? she's a huge uh, Beltre fan. Now, Hall of Fame voting comes in tomorrow. I believe it's going to be revealed at three p.m. Adrian Beltre is in. Says so, who? Says the voters. The voters. Okay. Correct. All right. My son was wondering why he's not a hundred percent guy. And I'm like, everybody knows he's a Hall of Famer. It yeah. just doesn't work out that way. It doesn't matter. There's people that vote that say, I don't care who it is. I'm not voting for that person the first time they're on the ballot. And there's like 5% that pretty much will almost always do that. And I think they all regretted voting for Mariano Rivera. I do. I think that they regret that Rivera was 100%. Because I think that person was like, I'll vote him. There'll be enough people that don't vote that he'll only get 98%. And when they all accidentally voted, they're like, son of a gun, <laughs> we let somebody in on 100%er. Now, Corey, to your point, there is the Baseball Hall of Fame tracker. They currently are in possession or know the, ba- I guess, know the votes of 50.5% of the voters. So just about, let's just say half for the sake of this. And so is this the spreadsheet that we always go to yes, every year? Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So Adrian Beltre is currently at 99%. So I feel pretty good about him. Joe. Uh, uh, so I, I want to start with him. We're all in agreement. He's a hall of famer. No problem. 100%. But I will say this just to go back in the day. And I was wrong. I remember having a conversation with Jared Sandler right around 2014 or 15 and i said i'm just not sure he's a hall of famer sure so but then he just kept doing he just kept he was great right now jared sandler uh and i'll just be honest banny was already convinced he was a hall of famer they were i think they were right i was wrong uh and obviously he is going to be a hall of famer at that time i was just thinking i just don't see everything but he got to 3,000 hits and I'm not saying he had to get to 3,000 hits to be a Hall of Famer but he just kept playing great baseball uh, as he got older he stayed at a certain level and was able to stay healthy enough helped 15 and 16 the team win the division make the playoffs and then kept racking up solid numbers uh, later in his career now what do you guys think about let's go to cut number 15 here what do you think about the Hall of Fame bona fides of this gentleman High drive, left center field, going back is Bradley, going back is Bradley, it's gone! A walk-off home run for Joe Maurer! Now, I thought you were talking about Milton Bradley. No, not Milton Bradley. So Joe Maurer, as of right now, is 83%. you got to get 75%. The thing about this is, when we get to a couple of these guys, for a lot of people, those numbers dip because the people who have not submitted their votes to the public, right. it's because they don't want you to know that they didn't vote for person A, B, or C. I'm sorry, I don't know this, and I should. I didn't prepare for this segment well enough. What year is this for Joe Maurer on the ballot? First. First year. Okay. 
I, since it's this close, he might not get in. He might fall below that. Is it 74? 75. 75% is he might not get in this year. But with that number being so high year one yeah. on the ballot, I couldn't remember this was one or two, um, is he'll get in. But it's going to be really close. And this right year. now he's in second place. So the yeah. only person he's behind. I, okay. I, was Pudge a first ballot? Yes. Okay. Do you want Beltre to have this the 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 podium to himself? Because it's kind of cool. If you are a lone guy, like literally, they will have a Ford Frick Award winner and a couple right. other people that do get in. But you would be the program. You would be the guy. Because I remember when Nolan Ryan got in, his class was unbelievable. It was Robin Yount. Uh, and George Brett. So, I mean, it was just uh, like, you're like, Nolan Ryan, Robin Yount, George Brett. And it was like, what a class. But if Beltre was the only one to get in, it would literally be all these Ranger fans in Cooperstown and the whole celebration, a lot of the celebration would be Adrian Beltre. I I see the appeal of that. I am cool with it. And that's where I leave Okay. (laughs) All right. So it'll be interesting with Maurer. He's the one who could... Could uh, also get in. I think Joe Maurer belongs in because I, I realize I realize he shifted to first base in the last few years, but he was a good player. No, yeah, and an MVP. He was in the conversation for MVP multiple times. He won his, three batting titles. His, yeah, his hitting was great. Uh, he was great. He was a really good catcher. His size was kind of interesting at that position. He wasn't one of those power guys by any means. He had, what, 120 home run season, I believe? Something along those lines. I I think Corey is really onto something here. If it was a different position, that might change the metrics. But if you play catcher, win an MVP, three batting titles, and three gold gloves, that sounds pretty damn good to me Yeah, that position. I, I think you're right. It's weird, though, to your point, that position. If I do that same in center field, you don't get in. Now... This next person is very interesting. Let's fire off cut number 16. Do you think this fella is a Hall of Famer? Line drop, left field, fair ball. There it is. Help dig it for second. Safe. Wouldn't you know Number 2,500 is a double. So Todd Helton if you I thought ju- you were going to say Bartolo Colon. I was like, hell yeah, that's him digging for second. No, stop <laughs> it. There'd be a lot of digging. God, that is so rude. If you just go by the numbers, Todd Helton is a no-brainer, easy stamp at Hall of Famer. However, he played his entire career in Colorado at a time where I feel like the Colorado penalty was pretty pronounced. Like, over the years, you feel like that's, in fact, Flatten now, out a lot. when you go to baseball reference and you see how many home runs would this guy have hit in each park, just based off the distance they hit it in that game, Colorado now plays as one of the worst, not worst, but it's it's average at best to hit home runs. It's unbelievable for doubles and triples, guys. That's crazy. So they've, they've done so much to humidify, humidify the ball to make it not travel as far, and the gaps are so big. Remember, they've raised the walls to make it – Harder for it to just be like a wall scraper. Yeah. So it's really a place now where it's way more of an extra base hit place to play than it is a home run place to play. I for and this is just a casual uh, baseball fan. At, I guess during his era, I didn't think of Todd Helton as like my. 
top twenty all star or top fifteen all star even when he was playing. I hate saying this because there's so many guys that I know that know Todd Helton and love him and think he's a Hall of Famer. But I'm with you, Corey. I just for some reason I find him falling just a little bit short for me. It's like it's one of those things. It's really tough. Like Dell Murphy, for example, won two MVPs. Yep. He's not in. Juan Gonzalez won two MVPs. He's not even considered uh, to be in. And I totally get. It. I just I look at it and go from 2000 to 2004. He was an all star. He was never an all star the rest of his career. So at 30 years old, it ended him being one of the two or three best first basemen in the National League. This is his sixth year on the ballot. Right now, he's 82.5 percent. So I think there's a there's a he's good right on shot that. He'll be right on him. that edge. And I hope like it'd be great if he does. I'm not rooting against him at all. I've heard he's no, a great no, no, guy. No. Wasn't he Peyton Manning's backup quarterback at Tennessee? I'm pretty sure he was. I do I not don't know that story, that. but I'm going to go look it up. I think he was their punter, or I think he was their punter and their backup quarterback at Tennessee. Yes. Huh. Actually, I'm sorry. Manning was briefly Todd Helton's backup quarterback at Tennessee. <laughs> oh. Well, it looks seems, like he took the job. Looks like it worked out for all parties involved. <laughs> Let's go to cut number seventeen. Would you like or do you believe, not like, do you believe this fella is a Hall of Famer? Two balls, two strikes on Jaha. Got him over the inside corner. And the breaking ball from Wagner, his first of the inning. Three strikeouts for the National League pitchers, Hoffman and Wagner. To the night. All right, so we all agree Adrian Beltre's in. I, we're all on point that Joe Maurer should be in and probably, though don't, not definitely, we'll get in tomorrow. Todd Helton feels iffy. Billy Wagner, because God, his ERA. It's a tougher metric, but I do think about what Corey was just saying. And I think I felt a lot of times like Billy Wagner was in the top echelon of relief pitchers. And but, underlooked at the same time, yes, in my opinion. But he was because he wasn't Hoffman. He uh, wasn't Moe. And so, he was an Astro. Yeah, does that make him a Hall of Famer? I will say yes, and this is a weird way to say it, barely. Okay. And you've heard, I have heard from the Hall of Famers that there's kind of the Hall of Famers, and then there's the Hall of Famers. Sure. Uh, and so I, like Jeter's the Hall of Fame. Right, or, or Griffey Jr. Yeah. or Willie Mays. You know, those guys, like, they even separate themselves tremendously from the Hall of Famers, but they're all Hall of Famers, and then there's the Super Hall of Famers, is... I just remember when he would come in the game, it was over. I don't, I guess in his record, he did lose 40 games, and I have no clue how he lost 40 games. I remember being in spring training with him in 05, and he was a nice guy um, with Philadelphia. And I remember watching him warm up before spring training games, and I was like, how has anybody ever hit the ball? I just want to know how <laughs> any human being has ever hit a baseball off of this guy. It was. For me, the nastiest stuff that I ever have seen in my life, like being that close. I, I obviously did not get to play with Nolan Ryan in the 70s or anything like that. But for me, I've never seen a person warm up in a bullpen and look more impressive than Billy Wagner in my life. That shouldn't make you a Hall of Famer by what I'm just saying. But I look at his numbers, a 2-3-1 ERA and over 400 saves. If you're putting closers in the Hall of Fame, and they are, Dennis Eckersley, Lee Smith, obviously there's other guys too, Hoffman and Rivera, I think he belongs in that group of Hall of Fame closers. Yeah, I guess you know Hall of Fame closers is a different place. It's just a weird place to be. It's a, it's a newer place, yeah. right? 
I will tell you this. I don't think, if I had to guess, he's not going to make it. Right. Because a couple of days ago, his number was at 80%. Now it's at 78.4%. Oh, no. And so I think he's just going to miss out. I think when it comes to closers and designated hitters, it's really tough to make it. And in a weird way, I'm not trying to poop on anybody here. Like, if you go back and look at, like, Harold Baines, you go, wait, how did he make the Hall of Fame? Right. Like, you know, I'm not – I am not. I never – I hit home runs with him all the time in RBI baseball. Maybe he made it for for RBI baseball. Maybe so. Wasn't now, it more Ken Griffey Jr. baseball? I don't remember him on RBI I'll, baseball. We'll go, we'll, it's a different game. Okay. Now, I know Bobby cares about this person. We have already gotten a lot of texts about this person. Cut number 18, Gary Sheffield, a Hall of Famer. Two on, one out, 1-0 pitch. Driven in the air to left field. That ball is up and out. Three-run home run for Sheffield. And the Yankees are back on top. It's 9-6. He played for 200 years of baseball. <laughs> From 1988 to 2009, that dude was playing. That's a does, lot that of baseball. A long time. Did he, did he, you have it pulled up. Did he debut at 19 years old? He was he 19 did. years old when he debuted for the <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers. With braces. Uh, with, yeah, with braces. Huh. On his teeth. Never Not was like MVP, legs. but was top three, three times, I believe. Top three in M- MVP voting three different times. His batting average, pretty amazing. 292. It fell off later in his career. His home runs, he was, there was a stretch where it was like, man, this dude is dominant. Now, again, that's after 30. It was after 30 whenever he, his numbers really were more consistent and good. And believe it or not, I think... Sheffield might have a better shot to make it than Billy Wagner because when I told you that Wagner's dropped from 80 to 78.4%, Gary Sheffield has gone from 73.7 a few days ago to 74.7, and this is his last year on the regular Hall of Fame ballot. So I, I think he makes it just bare. One, one other thing I would like to add to that, Kevin, is... The dude had swag for days at the plate. True. Like I, whenever he'd get up, I was just always like, ooh, this dude's fun to watch. Well, he's a guy that you would mimic, right, with your yeah. wiffle ball oh, bat yeah. or whatever because of his waggle. He actually has multiple sons, but one of his sons hits in the same type of way. He's a, a pretty premium prospect, I believe, in this upcoming draft. He had pretty decent, like, his numbers compared strikeouts to walks, and that, nobody cares about that in MV, or in uh, Hall of Fame. But his numbers and strikeouts to walk were really good. Very good numbers in favor of uh, of him. Now, you talked about somebody who had swag on the plate. This person had swag in the outfield for days. Is cut number 19 a Hall of Famer? They have the gap to left center. Can Andrew catch up with it? A diving catch in yes. the game! Andrew Jones wow. does it again with a tremendous... Diving grab in the alley in left center field, preserving Tom Glavin's 22nd career shutout. All right, so here's the tough thing about Andrew Jones. He's a little bit Terrell Davis to me, if I'm trying to compare him to an NFL football player. So I thought for sure, when I was playing against him 01 to 07, when I was in the major leagues at parts of those seasons, I thought 100% he's a Hall of Fame. Like, this isn't even a, he is going to be an easy Hall of Famer. Here's what's amazing. At age 28, 29, and 30, I'm just giving you home runs and RBIs. 51 home runs, 128 RBIs. 41 home runs, 129 RBIs. 26 home runs, 94 RBIs. 
those were ages 28 to 30, dropped off somewhat the face of the earth as a baseball player at 31 years old. Yeah. He got heavier. If you remember him with the Rangers, he was a heavier guy. Different version, yeah. And so he couldn't play center field anymore. He won a gold glove in 2007. That was the last one. So at 30 years old, that was the weird thing from 19 to 30. For sure, like he's he's building a Hall of Fame resume. It's going to be pretty easy to make. And then I don't know why. I'm, I don't know if it was weight issues. I don't know if it was uh, injury issues that I, I'm not recalling uh, in his career. But all of a sudden, he goes to the next year, and he was obviously hurt. Three home runs, 14 RBIs. 17 home runs in Texas with 43 RBIs. And it just... It dro- he never even had 50 RBIs again in a season. So this is where it's tough because... You're kind of supposed to have longevity in a Hall of Fame career. Does the 10 straight seasons of Gold Glove make for some longevity? And like 100-plus yeah. strikeouts all the well, and that's, <laughs> That, I believe. That's the thing is he was for sure a Hall of Famer. I, him and Torrey, like, honestly, I don't know if Torrey Hunter, he's probably not getting not enough votes. Not even close. 4.6%. He's going to get dropped yeah. off the bat. Did and he ever win a World Series? Torrey Hunter? No, Jones. Uh. Yeah. I don't know the no because he wasn't on the '95 team. That was the only time they won it was against the uh, Clevelands. Yeah. So I look at him and I go, "Son of a gun!" Like this is such a tough one because from age 19 to 30, no doubt, no brainer. Ten Gold Gloves. Pretty much, he was a gold. As soon as he became an everyday player, he was a Gold Glover until age 30, when then everything fell apart for him. And somebody did ask this question. This is a fair question from the 575. I'm seriously asking. What do you mean on him being in the last year of the regular ballot? So after this, he will be dropped off. Sheffield will be dropped off the regular Hall of Fame ballot. And then you could be revisited by the Veterans Committee, Senior Committee, and have an opportunity again. But you get the 10 years. And so this is the last stand for Gary Sheffield. You have to be retired for four. Yes. Then you get on the ballot after four years of being retired. And then you have 10 years to make the Hall of Fame. And then in six eight two, Tory Hunter is listening. Is that Tory? No, Hunter? he. Tory Hunter lives in oh. this area. He's for me. I don't think he gets enough respect. I don't for have how a Hall great of Fame vote. He was, and I, I you know, two guys yeah. that it just shows that when we get to the Hall of Fame, defense means nothing anymore. You know, I, Omar Vizquel is the second greatest defensive shortstop in the history of baseball, and he was struggling even before right. the other things came up. By the way, he's at eleven percent. But for the people kind of in the the steroid class, I guess. Is A-Rod's at 39%, Manny Ramirez is at 35%, and Pettit is at 15%. That's and insane, so, man. yeah, not looking particularly promising. I think A-Rod is fellas. a clear Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. I think Manny Ramirez is a Hall of Famer, too. And well, the- it'll be interesting when they hit the Veterans Committee. Obviously, Clemens and Bonds will hit before they hit. Is well, and Palmero too, because Palmero three thousand five hundred. There's been seven players in the history of baseball that have five hundred home runs and three thousand hits, but obviously they never really got that close when they were on the ballot. Yeah. So if if I had to, if I had to guess right now, obviously Beltre's in, and I think Joe Mauer is going to get in as well. And I am going to say Gary Sheffield gets in. Okay. I, I realize he's still got some ground wow. to make up. It's, you've I always say been he a Gary Sheffield up. hater. That's what? awesome. That's definitely I, not I just true. Classified, I think I just classified you as that oh, for a while. Okay. My bad, okay. dude. I this is one of those where, like, this is the Mandela effect. You know, maybe I just always thought that you thought that. I, I Todd Helton makes it as well. I okay. Think. Wow. I think it's pretty much this. Just because my son always, you know, rags on me because 
I would give up a lot of hits and stuff like that and then get sent to the minors. Like to who? Everybody. Okay. Tory Hunter, Hunter listening right now. I don't think he hit a homer <laughs> off of me, but I'm sure he got on base. Let's go find um, is only 1% of Major League Baseball players make the Hall of Fame. I don't know what the percentages is in all the other sports, sure. but literally if you make the Hall of Fame, I mean, sorry, if you make Major League Baseball and you play, you have a one, like it's the top 1%. It's no more than that. But it's it's 1% of guys that make the major leagues end up being Hall of Famers. So as good as, you know, Michael Young, I saw him on the list. It's really cool. They listed the best shortstops right. in Major League Baseball not in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not saying Michael Young should be in the Hall of Fame, but that's how tough it is. Michael Young is one of the five greatest Rangers of all time. And But it's just tough. My son will always like, why not? Why couldn't you or why couldn't they? And I'm like... Dude, you're talking about the top 1%. You have to literally be what is considered the top 1% of major leaguers in the history of this game. It's not easy. Tory Hunter was two for three against you, Mike Bassick. Oh. Um, where did the thing go? There it is. Tory Hunter, two for three, no home runs. Uh, in your face, Tory. Uh, no, mm. one home run. Oh! oh no, one RBI. There you go. Yeah. My bad. Only one RBI off Mike Bassick. <laughs> and I got you out. Was. Look, I can always say I got Tory Hunter out. We're the KNC. You, ma- no. Well, it's my turn anyways. Well, right? so let me at least do this <laughs> All right. transition. All right, transition. KNC Masterpiece make it a smooth right here Kevin. on 105.3 The Fan. Now. You wanted to make it like a Lakers versus Mavs transition. Yeah, and you decided to just throw ice on the court. Oh, Now of, it's time for Mike Likes It. Uh, KP's out tonight against the Mavericks. He's never played here in Dallas since he's been traded. Did you know that he misses every game? He had he had like a lot of threes the other night in Houston. Well, not the other night, last night in Houston. I wonder if he's like, I don't want to play there. Well, let's start this off with Mike likes it because I was going to talk baseball, but uh, you just led me into this, and hopefully welcome. I can recall my baseball thought. No chance. Is I don't think Porzingis is going to get booed when they announce his name. Do you? Is he worried about he got he gets booed in New York every time they yeah. announce him in New York? Obviously, a lot of boos when he was with Dallas. They've gone down a little bit when he was with Washington and Boston, but he still gets booed in New York. Is he is he worried about getting booed here? Do people care enough about him still to do that? To boo him? Yeah. I don't think so. Like to your, I don't think. And Mark Cuban. He throws up billboard. If you played one game on the Mavericks, like I'm sure we're going to have a Moreland Wiley night if he was on the Dallas Mavericks when Mark Cuban was the owner. Like everybody who played for the Mavs gets like a a Mavs <laughs> night when they come back. Like here's the highlight film of Moreland Wiley. I don't know who the hell that is. This is funny. He's like be- a third string backup backup point guard for the Mavs in the late 80s and early 90s. This make that make me feel better, Kevin, when he said that and you just shook your head like I don't know, but. I don't. I, no idea, I don't yeah. think anybody will will boo him because I don't think anybody really cared. But I think a lot of people are still disappointed that it didn't turn out like yeah. it. It should have been better. The, than our it was. first round pick this year for the Porzingis trade, and I also am. Uh, that's <laughs> not his fault. Um, yeah. well, part, it, partly it is. <laughs> the the uh, the one thing I really I did respect his coming out and having the conversation of look, there were some real problems here. And I think a lot of people that was that brought me a little more closure in that conversation about what existed there. So, but yeah, no, I don't think he's getting booed. I think he's just. I think he's sometimes he's a pain well, about stuff. I, I'm wonder, and this is the NBA. Like it's he played last night in Houston. Like Fantastic. there's no way. And well, gosh, I'll just keep going down this. Well, he does, he never played back to backs for us. Do you blame? Here's my next one. I was talking to my father about this. Do you blame Greg Popovich for the destruction of the NBA? 
Here's where because I'm going to because of load management. Because he had an older team that he was trying to keep healthy. Yes, and so it was a genius move. Let's be honest here. Let's here's an it's an opinion. It's He's not a facts. genius. But he I was mean, a, he was a genius for this. He said, "82 games doesn't mean much to me. I know I need to win 50, and my team's going to win 50. If I win 60, I win 60." Being a he didn't care anymore with Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Parker, and even he was load managing Kawhi a little bit. But he's like with this team. I know that I am a championship contender, and these 82 games are somewhat meaningless to me. I know I need to win 50-plus, and we're going to do that. And so everybody's followed suit. It was such a perfect plan. And then here's what else hurt, and this isn't Pop's fault. When Golden State won 72 was it 73 games? 73 and 9? I believe so. And they didn't win the NBA championship? It was like this light bulb went off for the whole NBA. 82 games is the most meaningless thing in the world. And I'm kind of, me and my father were like, as genius as he is, and the right decision that it was, Greg Popovich might be the one who's destroyed the NBA. That is interesting. <sighs> yeah, I don't think Greg Popovich foresaw it happening this way either. And now Wimby, and I get it, he's protecting his asset. He's like, we're not going to win this year, and I don't think they're going to win next year either. And he's like, he's a skinny, young kid. I don't want to put too much pressure on his knees and his feet because at that size and at his weight, it's a scary proposition to make sure you don't hurt this franchise guy. So he's like, yeah, Wimby, play. he'll play about 50 games this year. He'll sit out about 30, and he's only going to play about 25 minutes a game. And I just think it's a destruction of a league because when I was growing up, the Celtics versus the Lakers in the regular season meant a lot. Yeah. When the Celtics and the Lakers and Sir Shaquille O'Neal, when he was with Orlando, when they would come into town, when the Utah Jazz would Malone and Stock, it was a big deal here in Dallas because you're like, these guys are going to give it their all. They are going to play every game, all 82, unless there is a major injury, they're going to play all 82 games, and they are going to go all out for these games. And you're going to see, they might blow out the Mavs. But you're going to see these stars play their best basketball on a nightly basis, whatever level of energy they have. Every once in a while, they throw up a stinker. I I can't say they played great every game they played, but, you know, there was a thing growing up where basketball was a load of trash. Since most people are young listening, in the 70s and early 80s, they didn't even show the NBA Finals on television, CBS, NBC, and um, ABC. They didn't want to show the games. They're like, nobody cares. We're not showing NBA basketball on television. Nobody cares about this sport. And then Magic and Larry came, and they changed the narrative of it. And they said, oh, my gosh, we should. But Magic and Larry played so hard, and the game meant so much to them. And Michael Jordan followed, and all the rest of the league started following this attitude of Magic and Larry, and then it was picked up by Michael. And over this period of time, the death of the NBA is happening, and like I'm not even that excited about Boston and Dallas tonight, and I should be. Boston's 33 and 10. They're a good, but team. I don't know if they're going to try. I don't know if the Mavs are going to try. They might both try, and it might be a great game, but they might just go out and kind of jog around and be like, it's just one of 82. Who cares? And so now there's no meaning in turning on TNT games. There's no meaning on. The Mavericks playing Milwaukee or the Mavericks playing Denver. There's no meaning to it anymore. And I think that that's a ugly part of the NBA that I'm struggling to get over that. I don't know. Is Tatum going to try his best tonight? I think he will. I mean, he's yeah. a great player. Yeah. Is Luka going to try his best tonight? I think he will. He's a great player. But you could tune in and by halftime, you're like, 
this isn't very Game's entertaining. Out of hand. Yeah. No. Uh, and so, like, Milwaukee and Boston played the other night, and it was a 40-point game. Yeah. That's supposed to be a premium game in your league that you're now – you can't even market. Like, we can't market this. Giannis doesn't want to play tonight because he's something – you know, they're just load ma- – wait, this is a marquee matchup that used to – the only reason the NBA caught up to baseball in a way was because of this. Yeah, and that was, that was a different mindset too. And I guess here's the other part of it though, Mike, because – those guys that you're talking about that played in that era, they want they didn't want to lose to their adversaries at all. Like that was so saving their bodies, preserving their bodies, they wanted to win every time they stepped on the court. Right. But so that, that like, be and, it? but that that's not the mentality now. Right. And now uh some people could say like LeBron, like they'll they'll use LeBron as the reason. I see where you're going with Pop on this because yeah, he gave them the opportunity to sit. Whereas Scottie Pippen he would have played. Every, played all the games. He played all the games. Yeah. You know, I'm so, so impressed that you had that ready. The uh, but the, wow. like, the, there are certain the players don't look at it the same way anymore either. When it comes to, I don't want to lose to that guy tonight, or I I got to be on the court just to prove I'm better than him. It doesn't am, matter to them anymore. Am I crazy? I, Is it because the money's so outrageous? And back then, I, all that money was advertise i can go if i beat these guys i can prove that i belong at, at nike or, Converse or whatever, or whatever yeah. yeah or i i should get the mcdonald's or the sprite or whatever because i'm that yeah, guy in fact i have on my barkley shoes from the uh late 80s early 90s his, his force shoes but i just i think the nba is at a critical state right now and maybe i'm totally wrong maybe people don't care this is just what they grew, grew up on but it hasn't been a long time this Dirk didn't go out and jog around, right. you know, like he tried, his team tried, you know, it's, it's been about, I think maybe that golden state 73 and nine team that didn't win at all. And just really ch- where literally all 30 owners got together and said, let's do the San Antonio Spurs thing. And that way, none of us get hurt by us all not trying for 82 games. And I haven't looked at the NBA ranking, uh, excuse me, NBA TV ratings this year to like get a sense for if it is translated, yeah. so they, I'll go look at that. Are they good enough? Are they up enough in playoff time that the that they can go? Well, that's where we really get our money. Or the in season tournament is what they're going to now hang their hat on too. Like I'm not saying they should, yeah. but they touted those numbers but, a lot. But if I told you this, Denver, see, this is how bad it is for me right now. Denver beat who in the NBA Finals? Miami, Miami. I can't believe they made it. All right, that's not a good example. Denver's playing Boston. You just mentioned that. Yeah. Did any of us know or care about that? You weren't locked in on it because uh, of that. If, yeah. I was more locked into Iowa, uh, Ohio State women's basketball. This I mean, weekend. the other night, uh, I know Philadelphia oh, and Denver played each other. Embiid versus Jokic. And it just, there's no, there's just no hype anymore to to an NBA regular season game. I might be wrong. Maybe it's just me. I do think. A lot of people will say the playoffs are where you build the rivalries, but I think the regular season is where you keep those things going. Because something happens where a dude wants to punch another guy, and now that's carrying over in the playoffs. You're going to see that. Like those things, the regular season is a place where you keep that fire burning between those guys. But I don't think it exists like that with this regular, like this this next year. When the Rangers play the Astros. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah. See? Y'all it's, just... Exactly. It's like April 6th through the 9th or somewhere around there is like their first series. It's going to be chaos. Yeah. 
I, and, and I, I am excited for it because I know it's going to continue to burn then. It'll keep going. I got it in the playoffs, and it's going to keep – it just turned a corner and got even better. Yeah. And what if the Rangers and the Astros for that series goes, you know what, we're going to call up our double-A teams and just see how they do. Oh, we'll be like, what in the world's no. happening? No, this is this is what we this is what we're waiting. But that's what the NBA's turned into. They're like, ah, oh, you know, this is supposed to be a big game, and it's a, it's a well, let's just throw our uh, G League team on the court and see what happens. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.